Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. G'day ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast and make sure you check out Butts Mom Premium where you can catch another episode of the podcast just for the premium members. It's fucking amazing, it's uncensored, it's fucking cocks are out, dicks are swinging in the air, it's fucking unbelievable stuff. You will not believe what we got up to on Butts Mom Premium. No cocks are out, just... um just buttholes. buttholes. Just buttholes this week. Buttholes this week. Doodles next week. Doodles next week. Make sure you're there. G'day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Butterfield Effect. My name's Isaac Butterfield. It's a pleasure to have you here. You can listen to this on iTunes, Spotify, and on YouTube. You can watch the whole video. You would know that if you are already watching this or listening to this or well, that's a pretty dumb thing for me to say at the start of the video. Anyway, we are here. Today's episode is with a mate of mine, a guy I've known for over a decade, Terry Collins. And Terry is, uh, it's a very strange video to be a part of because Tez is um, a very manly man. He's a footballer. He's um, a great dude. Um, everyone's favorite bloke. And he has come across some very tough times, some trying times at the moment and um, has done for the past coming up on a year. And um, Terry has what is being known, what was what is being diagnosed as Lyme disease. And he's found it very difficult to have anyone in the country of Australia and then medical um, in the medical field actually give it that diagnosis. And it's been very strange for him trying to fight for a diagnosis. He is now a part, we were just speaking uh, after the podcast. I'm recording this after because I didn't really know how to go into this one. Um, Terry's not, um, you know, a celebrity or, or someone who does interviews. So I thought I'd record this intro after the podcast. Terry, um, he starts off a little nervous and then, and then opens up later on into the show. But, um, man, he is doing it very tough. So if there's anyone out there who has the similar symptoms to Tez, maybe have a real good listen to this. But also, if, if you can help him, please let him know. His GoFundMe is in the uh, description below as well. Um, great dude, as I said, but really struggling. And, and I was shocked to hear how hard it was for him to do daily tasks. This man isn't sleeping, can barely... You know, through periods of time, he struggled to to use the toilet by himself, things like that. And this is going from a dude who only a year and a half ago was playing footy, training every day, working full time, to to be in this position from what is known as a disease from tick bites. Um, he hasn't left the country in a few years. Does that mean the tick bite happened overseas and and it lay dormant or he was asymptomatic? I, I, I'm not sure. He did say to a specialist uh, or a researcher, rather, uh, who he's working with at the moment, he told me this after the show, um, that he thinks he may have got this from a place called Dudley, where I grew up you know, in Newcastle here in Australia, in the bush there. And when he told this researcher that's where he thinks he got it, he goes, oh, the researcher goes, oh, another one, another one from this area. Um, 
this Newcastle Central Coast up to Sydney area. So that was certainly interesting to to hear. Um, ah, it's tough seeing a mate in this position. It really was. And Terry and I haven't been close after over the last couple of years. And even when we were mates, we weren't very close, close friends. We've always been, you know, sort of mates like, hey, how you going? You know, catching up, have a have a beer or whatever, and then move on to the rest of the bar, the the pub or whatever. But fuck, it's tough. This was a this was a tough podcast, and I hope you'll give it the time of day, even though it may not concern you, Lyme disease. But I really hope that this somehow gives it the time of day that it really deserves because this is a young man in the fight of his life and we need to support him as a channel and as a community. Ladies and gentlemen, this is my conversation with the great Terry Collins. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Terry Collins. Tez, thanks for joining us, big fella. How you travelling, mate? Thanks for having me, mate. Yeah, getting there. Mate, um, I wanted to have you on because I've known you for the best part of a decade, if not longer. And the last 18 months to two years has been a great challenge for you and your family and, and something that I had no idea about. I know a lot of people didn't quite know about. Bluey wanted to be on the show today too. Um, he ended up getting on the piss too hard last night and is crook, but um, being an absolute hero. But we wanted to hear from you and, and sort of try to understand what has been going on. For those of you who don't know Terry, which I assume is most of you, he doesn't really have a an online presence, but is one of the funniest people that I've ever met, known well round for being one of the funniest people um, in the area that we're in. We've played footy together, um, been around the traps for a long time, and recently uh, a GoFundMe was, was created for you um, on the back of a diagnosis of Lyme disease or, or, or the thought of, of Lyme disease? Yeah, so um, just with that, it's been yeah, hard to even get sort of noticed. I've been told not to even say that. Um, it's Yeah, so it's a Lyme-like illness, I suppose, is where we're at with a name for it at the moment. Can we, can we go back to the very beginning, perhaps? Um, you're a very, a very fit person. A very active person. What what happened? What what got you in this position? If you can run everyone through your entire story, that would be great. Yeah, so I was just um, was playing football as usual um, last year, um, working full time. Um, everything's normal. Going to the gym for you know three four days a week. Yeah, eat generally healthy, um, and then yeah, it was on um, it was on November twenty fourth. Um, just was normal day, went to work. Um, I think I even went to gym like that afternoon, felt fine. It was about 9, 9.30 at night, just going to the toilet before bed. I um, went to stand up and um, just like felt lightheaded, fell back sort of onto the toilet. Um, heart was ra- absolutely racing, probably like 130 or so, I'd say. Um and then just felt really sick, like sweaty, like sort of um, maybe food poisonish sort of stuff. Um, just and then just yeah, felt extremely uncomfortable. Um, but it was sort of late at night, and then it sort of settled after ten minutes. So I thought I'll you know I'll go to the doctor tomorrow, um, see what the go is. Um, got up the next day and just yeah had to had to lay down pretty much all day. My balance was completely gone. Um, was yeah, couldn't stand up to sort of make breakfast or anything like that. 
I'm just completely off balance. I had to lay down all day. It took me a few days just to be able to go in and get into the doctor. Um, but that, yeah, that was the start of it um, in November. Um, and then just from there, it's been, um, yeah, it's been pretty crazy. Um, just write a few things down. Um, just my yeah, memory at the moment, um, pretty much lost as well. Um, but yeah, from there, um, went to the doctor. Um, I've had a rough trot just with um, even GPs and other specialists and things like that. Um, so yeah, it was it's, it's been been pretty hard. So I was um, went to for my first doctor. Um, told me that um, if I still felt sick, um, this had been three days. He said if if you still feel the same um, over the weekend, come back next week. So um, he couldn't really help much out there. Um, waited sort of another three days, went and saw him again. Um, he said the same thing. So I changed doctors. Um, it was kind of like he sort of he didn't even do any tests really. He just sort of said oh, I'll try and rest up. I went to another doctor, um, but at the time it was sort of COVID was still sort of kicking off, so I did, it was about a four week wait. Um, just to get into another doctor. Well, um, yeah, well, this was sort of happening. So, um, so for was, this, yeah, sorry to interrupt. For this four weeks, you're basically in bed the entire time. Yeah, so I got into the next doctor on the 22nd of December. So I um, was yeah, pretty much bang on a month. Um, I was just really dizzy. Um, I was still wasn't quite bed bound at that point for the first month. Um, I was just really off balance and dizzy and I was getting random sort of chest pain, heart palpitations, um, but they were sort of short-lived. But the dizziness um, I've had since November, it's been the main, one of the first symptoms that's been continuing. Um, so, yeah, so it was a month of that pretty much. Um, was have to struggle to do anything, um, sort of stop driving only if I sort of desperately needed something. If my partner was, she was still going to work, I just obviously had no idea what was going on. Um, yeah, so I was sort of in the Christmas time, um, changed doctors. So that's, that's four weeks gone. Um, she just was, um, new doctor was a lot more helpful. So we need to test for a lot of things. Let's get, you know, all sorts of bloods done. I remember doing multiple blood tests for her, probably like six different ones over the course of a few months. Um, but um, yeah, just and then in between all of it, January I had um, like CT scan, MRI my brain. Um, just had these chronic headaches, like um, ringing in the ears, um, just like unbearable sort of headaches where you just sort of fly in a dark room um, for like hours on end. Um, so yeah, got all my head checked out, everything was fine. Um, had a couple of emergency visits with the heart palpitations. Um, both times they told me I was um, just dehydrated, um, which yeah, was, and I told them I'd been sick for like, I think it was sort of eight to 12 weeks in between both of those visits. Um, but everything just kept coming back normal. Um, bloods are normal. Organs are normal. There's no, um, you know, old brain scans coming back fine. Um, so there have been, yeah, two, two and a half months at this stage. Um, so the doctor thought we'd just try and sort of nail down each symptom um, as we go. So the heart palpitations were worse at that time. <coughs> Um, so we decided to see a cardiologist. Um, had to wait another f uh, four and a half weeks for that. Um, just the whole time, just not knowing. Pretty much, this is when the bed bound stuff sort of started. Maybe like February, March. 
Um, just can't get out of bed. If I do, sort of sit up, dizzy, off balance, um, feeling sick, just like, um, yeah, hot, cold sweats, muscle aches began. Um, and then just each month, it just seems to sort of get worse and worse. Um, so then, yeah, in March, April, um, yeah, the cardiologist stuff was all good. Then I wore like a heart monitor for a month. Um, so that was another month, sort of just, yeah, just wasting time, I guess. Um, April, I uh, got more tests. Uh, feeling nauseous, like chronic headache, heart palpitations, chronic neck pain, aching legs. Um, can't do anything pretty much, but lay down. Um, so then, yeah, we, because my neck was getting so bad, I was going to physio regularly, things like that. Um, then I had a rheumatologist visit. Um, she thought that it's something to do with uh, maybe something around my neck, maybe pinched nerves, something causing brain and heart, you know, a bit of a, I don't know, some sort of something going on. But um, rheumatologist was, um, I got really let down there. That was, um, yeah, just had a really poor experience with um, most of the specialists and with the emergency visit and things like that. Rheumatologist told me to um, stop investigating why I feel sick. That's probably what's making me sick. Um, so pretty much just told me to, um, he said, why don't you um, try and get back into the gym and head back to work? I'd been off for four months at this time. Um, so he just, I don't know, for anyone to be off work for four months or sick for four months, it was, I don't know, it was just gut-wrenching at the time. I left there in tears. Uh, and, and, and you're not you're not some bloke who's, you know, lived their life as a as someone in a shell or anything like this. For, for me, knowing Terry, I know no. this, but you are a... You're an active dude. You're a big dude. You're a strong and powerful, masculine man. For someone to tell you that you're full of shit, like that's fucking, that's well, not even full of shit, but you 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 you're creating this drama in your own head. Like that's got to fucking not break your spirit, yeah. but just come close. Yeah, no, it sort of hit me then. Like what, um, like knowing what I sort of know now, just what other people have um, gone through is nothing worse than. Like, yeah, just a kick in the guts. Like, I'd been sick, like, chronically ill for four months at the time. And for him just to tell me, like, not to worry about it. And the worst part was, um, like, they specialise in arthritis. Yeah. And my neck, I've had a lot of problems with my neck through footy and stuff like that, but I've just sort of kept on top of it with physio and, like, a lot of gym work. Um, I do sort of look after myself quite well, used to. And then um, I went to the, yeah, after I got, um, out of that appointment, pretty much just slept like, and I asked him, I said, do we need to do any tests? Would you like me to come back? He said, no, no, just, you know, get back into what you're doing. You should be fine. Um, so he's had, had no testing done, no nothing, and just said, you know, on your way. And then I went and just had an x-ray because I was seeing a chiropractor at times. My neck's with just the pain was just getting so severe. And then she found, like, chronic arthritis um, just after the first x-ray. And, you know, that's what, the rheumatologist specialises in, and he, you know, mm. he felt my neck. Things like asked me about all the pain. I said it was chronic, it's really sore, has to even lay flat, like it's just sore all the time. And yeah, just to be for him to not do his sort of job, uh, specific like something that he specialises in. Um, but yeah, just to be told to you know on your way after being yeah sick for so long. So um, I, yeah. when when he 
when he told you that? Like, I think maybe was he considering that this is more of a psychological problem? Do you think? It was all yeah, sort he just of- um, he just sort of went um, and said, just all your muscle aches and things, it's probably fibromyalgia. Um, okay. I said, yeah, fair assumption, but I just said, do you have any, you know, other ideas on my heart palpitations, my headaches, um, you know, a range of other symptoms that I'm getting? And, you know, it's just, he said, no, like, I'm not too sure about that, but, yeah, just um, for, your, for your pain stuff, it's probably fibromyalgia and, um, yeah, it can sometimes, he said, a lot of the time it can just be in your head. A lot of people just, yeah, overthink things. So, yeah, he just told me that was he. He doesn't want to see me, didn't need to see me again. Um, yeah, 300 bucks out the door and then, yeah, got nowhere there. So, that, yeah. Um, but I got, yeah, how I sort of found it was was pretty lucky. Um, so that it's sort of late April by that point. I'd been going to physio for my neck as well um, just because it was, yeah, just so bad. Um, went to um, yeah, Sharps Physio just in um, Charlestown there, um, and uh, yeah, can't thank him enough. Lockie Harmon, who was working there, I was seeing another physio at the time, so I'm pretty lucky that um, Lockie sort of overheard things. Um, I've been going for a few weeks and had a lot of symptoms, problems like balance, everything was gone, was quite ill, um, struggling to drive there. Um, I was only ever driving to appointments and then sometimes I'd have to wait in the car, sort of 20, 30 minutes till I could drive back home. Um, there was one or two times I had to leave my car and get a lift and then pick it up at another time. Is that is that balance-wise? Um, yeah, just um, and just like sort of a lot of fatigue stuff, like um, the sun would sort of hit my eyes and make me sort of want to fall asleep nearly straight away. I couldn't keep my eyes open. Um, sensitivity to light, sound, things like that started coming in. Um, but yeah, with the uh, physio stuff, I was just seeing one of the physios in, and then Lockie just overheard um, from an, he was working on another patient, just said, have you um, tested for Lyme disease? And I said, oh, I'm pretty sure my doctor would have tested for that because I ended up doing you know, 10, 11, 12 different visits to her um, and doing a different test every time, whether it be, you know, 10 sort of vials of blood to test for whatever um, we were going for and just everything was coming back normal. And so, yeah, went to my doctor um, that week and just said, um, what else can we test for? And she said, oh, um, yeah, we've, we've tested for pretty much everything has come back normal. So, um, yeah, she just went along the path again. So we did the cardiologist, rheumatologist. So she said, all right, for your balance stuff, how about we see a, see a neurologist? I said, okay, that makes sense. Um, but if, you know, why is all this other stuff happening if both specialists have said, you know, everything's all good? Um, so I was just still lost. And just to be, like, feeling so ill um, for months and just, yeah, still getting nowhere, uh, it was sort of hard to take. So I asked her about a Lyme test and she sort of um, was like, okay, like, if if you want to, like, have you been overseas? Did you get bitten overseas at all? And I said, oh, I've been overseas before, but not for probably two or three years. And she said, oh, I wouldn't worry about that then. Um, so we'll just go for the neurologist. And I said, oh, well, um, I'd just like to test it anyway because I said, what, you know, what do we have to lose? Because we've tested for everything else. Um, I had no idea what it was. Had people mention it. Like I had uh, my partner's mother said it as well. But um, 
I just had no idea. So I was like, oh, I don't know what that is. And I'd already, you know, I've tried to Google myself symptoms for the four months or whatever it was at the time. So, you know, I was sort of over looking stuff up and trying to diagnose myself. But, um, yeah, so then she, uh, the doctor sort of said, how about, um, yeah, how about we just do the neurologist stuff? And I said, oh, okay, yeah, let's do the line anyway. And she said, okay, well, seen as, um, seen as you're asking for it, and I don't think it's necessary, you'll have to pay for it all sort of off your own back just because she hasn't um, requested it. And I said, yeah, that's fine. No dramas. We'll yeah, just get it done. So we can sort of see what yeah comes back from that. So um, she called me back two days later and said, oh, it's um, positive. So if you're positive for Lyme disease, not, um, can you come in tomorrow? And I was thinking, yeah, okay, no drums, that sounds good. Like um, such a weight was off my shoulders at the time. Um, for four, four and a half months searching. Yeah. Um, she's told me they found something, you know, brilliant now I can sort of, you know, go just heavy on whatever I need to recovery-wise. Knew nothing about it, just figured, you know, three, four weeks antibiotics, and, you know, back to whatever I want to do, back in the gym, doing whatever. Um, so I got in there day after. Um, she rang and said, yeah, we've got a positive for Lyme. And then she said, but, but don't worry about that. Um, it's always a false positive, um, like, you know, 90% of the time false positive. So um, so it's good that we did that, but I wouldn't worry about it. And I said, well, what, like, why, you know, what's the point of doing it if we got a positive and you're not worried about that? Mm. Um, so just sort of shrugged it off, um, booked a neurologist appointment. And then, um, I was like, okay, cause obviously you think that, um, yeah, doctors and specialists and things sort of know best. Like, I don't know any different if she says it's false positive, you know, I'm happy to, and then I was sort of happy to believe it. Uh, maybe it's, you know, maybe it is just in my head. Maybe I can just get better, um, as soon as I sort of can. But yeah, so it was like a big weight off and then same day, like big weight back on within 24 hours of not knowing what, what to do or what's wrong with me. Am I crazy? Um, not been able to do anything for that amount of time. Just has put so much pressure on um, just my partner, people helping out with me. Um, yeah, just started to have to rely on other people where as I felt that was sort of my job. Yeah, it's it's a massive change in your life, without a doubt. You you've gone from, as I said before, you know, a, a strong man who does it all, to now having to rely on other people. Like that's got to be a a tough a tough pill to swallow, a, alongside constantly trying to find answers, and then having doctors say, "No, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. It's not this. It's all in your head." Where where did you go from? The, the positive Lyme test, where did you go from there? Do we do we come back to that? Um, yeah, so we, um, so then it was just a lot of my own sort of research. I left her office that day and thought, you know, what, how could something come up positive if, um, you know, there's nothing sort of so like, – I'm no expert, but I meant like your body creates antibodies for things. So if you're sick with something – that's how they get a positive. So I thought if something's come up, like it has to be something. Or then I started Googling, like, what can a Lyme positive be? Like, you know, is this coming going to be something else, another disease, another, another this, that, whatever it might be? And then um, just found all these articles on 
false positives being wrong. The test I completed is like 40% accurate. Um, right. It's, it's rare that it comes up positive even when people are positive. Um, and then just started, yeah, just down a rabbit hole for probably 48 hours of just finding groups, um, people that like, um, then just, yeah, found the amazing Wine community that pretty much only have sort of each other, things like that, um, just to rely um, And then it was crazy from there, just started messaging people, found the um, Lyme Disease um, Australia Association and just said, can I do another sort of test, um, things like that. They were amazing, sent me so many things. Um, so I ended up having to, to do my own blood tests, um, all while the GPs sort of saying, like you're wasting your time, it's false positive. Um, so, and that's how a lot of people get stuck um, and probably still are stuck now, not knowing just what's wrong. They, um, like the Australian tests are just so, um, just poor, um, just low accuracy rates. So if that didn't come back positive, I'd, I still wouldn't know what to search for um, because I just, if something gets, you know, given back negative, why would you follow it up? Oh, I mean, even uh, even if Lockie, even if the physio Lockie, who's also my physio, didn't mention it, Lockie's a great dude, and thank Christ he did. So I yeah, don't understand. I don't understand, and this is, I'm sure you haven't wrapped your head around this either. Why, if there's one false positive, how? Why is there no other tests that they go to to confirm a diagnosis? Like this is just seems like a, such a, a waste of time. If that is the case, like if they are so. If they're so stringent in their ideology that hey, if you get a false positive on this, doesn't matter, doesn't matter, it's still bull- it's bullshit. Like why? Why yeah, would why, they even why do have it? Tests. Why? Yeah. Surely there's another way to triple check it. Like if you yeah, if you get HIV, that, yeah. if you get a, and they think it's a false positive, they're going to do the test again, or they're going to try something else. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I was going from being hesitant to do the test, and then had to do it off my own sort of back only because the physio mentioned it. So the GP thought I was crazy. Um, so I've said, oh, my physio mentioned this, can we test for that? And, you know, yeah, what, what would, yeah, what would GP sort of be sort of, yeah, going off what I wanted. So, yeah, I had to yeah, do all that myself. And then just all the other stuff found out, yeah, just so many things. Um, I got told when, um, yeah, trying to ring around for uh, oh, so I'll go back to, yeah. So we had to pay for my own bloods, wanted to do all that research myself. So it was about $1,000 worth of tests. Um, some go overseas and things like that um, just because they got better um, yeah, facilities and things like that. Um, and then I sent some to Victoria as well. Um, it's like a, probably, oh, yeah, my doctor as of now, um, yeah, uses a clinic down there. And it's like specific for um, this sort of stuff. It's the only one in Australia that I'm aware of. Um, but there's others that are around, but the, just the testing is really poor. So um, a lot of people get their blood sent over to Germany or uh, America, things like that. Um, a lot of overseas places. But yeah, so I spent about $1,000 just on getting some tests. And then they were like another four weeks to come back. Um, did did a lot of my own research online and some of the symptoms. And I remember reading like a fifteen, uh, like a fifteen check sort of checklist, and I had like fourteen of the fifteen things. So I was like, it has to be this. I don't, you know. So then I just started chasing it up pretty hard. Um, 
yeah, even with yeah, so just with no one's help, really. Like GPs sort of said, you know, it's not that. Don't worry about it. Specialists have said it can't be that. Um, so I just did my own research, and then I asked the doctor. I said, people take antibiotics for this. Um, this is what I think I've got. So I took another probably three or four visits with the GP, and I was telling her what I wanted to do, um, what I wanted to take just to see. Um, she was pretty hesitant. She didn't want to put me in antibiotics as all my levels were normal, but I was still just... And then nearly sort of every week a new symptom would pop up. Um, and sometimes, um, yeah, majority of the time now, I just get a lot of them all at once. You said yesterday, um, so, we, we wanted to do the podcast yesterday, and you said yesterday you had a few new symptoms arise. Uh, yeah, probably, probably the last... Um, like 14 days. I don't know what's happening. I'm um, still waiting to hear back from specialist doctor. Um, yeah, I've had a lot of uh, just my, my brain is um, just inflamed um, to a pretty like extreme extent. I can't remember much. Um, I've got like I get whole body tremors. Um, that's only been starting the last fortnight. So it was only last week. I'm still new to this sort of symptom, but it's like a whole, um, just the body churn, basically like a, a seizure pretty much. Yep. Um, so my partner had to carry me to bed um, and it was like a blur. I don't remember getting into bed or anything like that. Just had like uncontrollable shaking uh, head to toe for um, maybe like an hour. Um yeah, this is yeah just one of the new symptoms, and um, but the last sort of three months it uh, sort of robbed me of my sleep. Um, so it's like yeah, just getting back into um, like where yeah. So I found a um, sorry if I'm going back and forth. No, 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 not at all. I I just wanted um, to clear one thing up. What I just said. Um, just one thing, Tez. We were speaking about a lot of the testing is done in the northern hemisphere, and this is seen as a, if I'm if I'm right, like basically the top half of the world has this disease, and a lot of people see this as something that we don't have in Australia. Is that fair in saying? Yeah, that's that's the thing. So the the government uh, train um, general practitioners um, in a way that. You know, informing them that it's not here. Um, yes. So it's you know it's no no like I can't blame my GP for telling me that it's not that because that she's been trained that it's not in this country. So why would you check for something that isn't here? So I completely understand um, the frustration there. And when I was going back to my GP from a my specialist Lyme doctor who I see, um, who even on that front is you know I've been told to not even mention who my doctor is um, online. Um, don't mention what why they're treating you for Lyme. Um, they can get shut down. Wow. Only an infectious disease specialist can diagnose and treat it. Um, so GPs can't actually diagnose it. Have you, um, have so you she, seen an infectious disease expert? Uh, there was a nine-month wait or something like that to, to get in to see one. So that's, you know, how... Yeah, how can you wait around that long? Um, Fuck, I tell so you, like, if, yeah. if, if there's anyone listening that can get Terry through to someone like that, please contact me and I'll pass you on. Like that's to not wait nine months when you're in your predicament. 
Well, that's madness. Yeah. And so, well, yeah. So the yeah the thing is now, so I had to find a um, yeah. So it was where we're at now. It's probably like middle of May. I'm back at the doctors and I'm screaming out for medication for Lyme. Um, just reading online, six weeks of this, a um, couple of antibiotics. You know, people have come good. Things like that. I thought, you know, awesome. This is just a you know bad bug, and I can knock it off in a month and a half. Um, and then just sort of, um, so I found some, um, just yeah, found out online what people take. Was telling my doctor about it. She was sort of hesitant. Um, and then I, um, well, just started had to treating. Um, started treating myself. I just got some antibiotics. Um, just yeah, through some friends, things like that. People had um, just ways of getting it. Just started treating myself. Um, did that for about. Oh, three weeks and then the doctor finally came around. I was just telling her what I was doing. I said, I'm getting this medication. Um, I've already started taking it. I didn't know what else to do, but I wanted to just keep her in the loop of what I was doing in case anything was to happen. Um, so then she said, okay, how about we try um, these other two that she, um, they're using for acne as well. So she just wanted to use a couple other meds um, just so, you know, um, ones that she was familiar with and things like that. Um, so I was pretty much just off my own research, kind of, uh, I guess I had to yeah, start treating myself and then she was kind of forced into sort of just trying to help because we yeah, had no other option, I guess. Um, so then at that point, I started ringing around for Lyme specialist doctors. Um, and at this point, like I had yeah, a lot of my symptoms, I could barely, um, barely do anything. Like under the toilet was a um, was a task like still is at the moment, but it just depends what symptoms I've got each day or, you know, every few hours it can change quite rapidly. Um, so then, um, um, yes, yeah, so I had to, um, the Lyme Disease Australia Association um, sent through like a lot of links for a lot of different doctors. Um, there was like eight or nine on the list and they were pretty, pretty scarce like that um that was across the whole of australia um so first doctor i rang um asked for availability this was yeah middle of may um they said yeah we can fit in on 9th of september um so that was like just too long i thought like you know four or five months away whatever it was rang rang another doctor um they closed their books um third doctor closed their books um, and these were all docs. One was at Byron Bay, one's um, North Queensland, um, Northern Territory, and then there was like three in New South Wales. Um, but, yeah, it took, took a couple of days to get onto them, so I finally found one. Um, and then they said we can fit in um, like end of August. I was like, okay, it's the best I've got at the moment. So um explained my situation over the phone and just from what I was told, yeah, don't explain um, don't say that you have Lyme disease or you suspect it. Just tell the doctor your symptoms, um, things like that. So it's just um, just like a secret society sort of thing. Like I felt just so lost. Um, I just figured when you're sick, um, go to the doctor and you you know you get help. Um, but just to get told not to mention it, um, Lyme disease isn't here. So um, yeah, you have a Lyme-like illness. Um, could be something completely different. And then, um, yeah, just going. Um, then finally, yeah, my doctor in Sydney finally got down there and just explained to her my symptoms. Um, 
And she said, yeah, it's um, like I'm 90% sure it's Lyme just off your symptoms, but I'm going to do all the blood tests um, just to make sure. Um, and even just basic ones that she got back, she sort of knew straight away just from having the knowledge. Um, she's been overseas, things like that, studied it, been to lectures in America and all sorts of things. Um, and, um, yeah, she's actually not even um, like an Australian certified GP because she likes to use medication that's also um, not available in Australia, things like that. So, um, yeah, it's just yeah, it's like a deep dive into... Yeah, trying to just help help myself as best I can, but with just limited knowledge and yeah. So that the yeah, my new doctor has been been amazing, and I'm just sort of passing feedback to my normal GP as well, and she's just learning a lot more. And just said, you know, yeah, it is tough for them because they're not allowed to diagnose it. Yeah. So, well, as you um, said. As you said, they're just—it doesn't exist for them. And I was reading before we got on this call. I was reading some of the New South Wales health fact sheets, and they're like, you know, it, when you are when you get the test results, it's said on this fact sheet, uh, it's not Lyme disease. It might be something similar, but it's not Lyme. Which yeah, is so, I, so yeah, strange. I feel, I feel, yeah, I feel it's just finding a name for it because um, I, I feel they don't call it Lyme because that's like the American version or something like that because um, it's supposed to originate from Lyme in Connecticut or something like that, the town yeah, of Lyme right. or whatever it may be. So that's why it's just a Lyme-like illness. They can't call it Lyme because the government says it's not here, so you can't call it something that, it, you know, if they mm. say it doesn't exist, how can you give it a name? Um, so it's just Lyme-like illness and then that's, yeah, even that's getting sort of question marks on what we should be saying now. It's like a vector-borne um, illness just because there's no certainty it was from a tick or I think you're starting to find out it can be transferred with mosquitoes, lice, um, things like that. So, yeah, I never even had a bite mark or anything like that. Because it is, it is from um, for people who don't know, it's a tick-borne illness, Lyme disease. That's what they put it down to. Um, mainly in America, off deer. Is that correct in saying? Yeah. So there's a lot of different ticks uh, that carry different diseases. So you don't just get people don't just get bitten by two different ticks and have the exact same um, sort of disease and problems. Um, they can come with co-infections. Um, so you don't just get Lyme disease. You get Lyme and then you get co-infections as well. There's a few different ones. Um, I've got Bartonella as well as Lyme disease, um, and it causes all my neurological issues. Um, so um, the longer I sort of leave it and things like that, that's why um, in the last two weeks I've just developed sort of new symptoms. Um, the longer you leave it, the worse it can get sort of things with this sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, with the Bartonella, it leaves me with um, like lower leg uh, pain, like aching, unbearable pain. Um, so much so it feels like my legs are numb. Um, so I pretty much lay down um, all day and, yeah, all I can do is sort of sit, sit, sit around. Um, yeah, the, like the, most of my balance issues, I think, are from the Bartonella. Um, but sort of, yeah, Lyme does some similar things as well. So, it's kind of like a double whammy, but there's other ones um, like Babesia and um, a few other just, yeah, dirty infections that you can get. And some people get more co-infections and things like that um, as well. So I'm still like extremely new to all this. Some people are sick for 
three, four, five years before they get a diagnosis because of the testing in Australia and that that honestly frightens me. Um, yeah. I'm coming up to sort of 12 months and I've had, yeah, some of the darkest days you could imagine. And for, yeah, the people just uh, – <clears throat> Just to be left in the dark. Um, yeah, I, I can't imagine what it's like to have something so severe happening in your life and no one believes you. No one, and not even believes you, but but says that you are completely wrong. In everything that you're saying, you're completely wrong. Like, you're mad. Yeah, so then when I finally start chasing things up, people's start saying, oh, hey, what, what's, you know, are you still sick? Sort of thing, like it's been so long. Yeah, I've got um, a Lyme-like illness. I sort of suppose people say, oh, Lyme disease, and they say, well, like, you've actually got it. Like, what What do you mean? Yeah. It's not here sort of thing. So it's just, um, like, I'd never heard of it. Um, and other people that had, they'd said, oh, but it's not here sort of thing. So anyone who'd heard of it <clears throat> that I knew, um just said, oh, did you get it overseas or something like that? Um, I said, well, obviously not because I haven't, you know, haven't been anywhere. We've been locked down. So, um, And then as well, there's like thousands of letters to the government written from people that have been sick for years. Um, they've had doctors like test for it, get the positives. Um, and then they said, have you ever been overseas? And these are from people that have never left the country. There's thousands of letters just stating, you know, that they've got it. And it's here. Um, there's you can find tick maps on um, the Lyme disease like um, association website of where people have been bitten um, and developed all these symptoms. It's you know pretty much around the coast of Australia, and just still yeah, I don't know, don't know why. Um, it's yeah, just being pushed, pushed back. I don't know if it's because people aren't dropping dead from it or what you know what needs mm-hmm. to happen. But people have died from this um, and people just, if they don't get the right help, they just remain extremely chronically sick for the rest of their life. Um, and just the help isn't here and the knowledge around us. So I did sort of six weeks of the antibiotics um, and that just made me worse, if anything. Um, my liver and stomach got inflamed. I was on three different antibiotics on high doses um, so now my, I've been off those for uh, maybe 10 weeks and I've still got an inflamed liver. Um, it's left me with gastrointestinal problems, um, constipation, my sleeps. I get between one and four hours a night with sleeping medication. Um, I'm, I'm on like 20 sort of tablets a day with, with other supplements. Um, CBD oil. Um, I have some, um, like some low dose, um, like seizure medication just to help with the brain inflammation. Um, I do a lot of therapy, try and help myself a lot by doing um, infrared saunas twice a week. I do um, oxygen chamber therapy three times a week, um, and I do colon irrigation um, fortnightly. Um, and just, yeah, I'm just still slowly deteriorating. Um, even with, I've been on a strict diet as well, dairy-free, keto, so pretty much just lean meat and veg. Um, can't have any 
yeah, any gluten, dairy, anything like that, just uh, brings on all sort of sensitivities. The insides have got um, like yeah, just noise, light sensitivity, and um, just generally feel, I don't know, just off, like so off from myself. Mm. I felt myself in months. Yeah. I mean, I you know, and I'm not going to say this in in a way that I I can you know. I have an experience what you I have experienced what you've experienced, but me with my seizures, I remember um how strange it was having something happen to you and having these feelings that you can't control and then desperately trying to find the answers. And then doctors saying, Oh, you don't have this or you do have that, waiting months to get into a neurologist, only to be told, mm-hmm. Yeah, you might have something. Because a lot of these things, and even with the seizure stuff, like I've never been pro- like fully diagnosed because they've never caught it on an EEG. So yeah, that's, it's that's one of those problem. things. Yeah, and that was the thing. Like when you are having these problems, like I'd say I'd had racing heart palpitations and it just feels like a heart attack and they're, they're asking me, how well, how high was your heart rate? And I was like, yeah. well, that was the last thing on my mind was yeah. you know, checking my I thought I was going to die. Like I'm screaming out to my partner to call an ambulance and you want me to, check, you know, just sit down and check my heart rate. So I know, yeah, I, I hear you from that perspective. Like, um, yeah, and just not catching things. Yeah, they're like, oh, well, what was happening at the time? Like you, you're pretty much delirious when I have a big episode. Um, so, yeah, I know, I know, what, I know what you mean there. Yeah, and it's... I mean, I developed outside of it um, like severe anxiety, driving was impossible, all that type of shit, stuff that yeah. I got on top of after two years. But for two years of my life, I was a mess, you know, yeah. and a completely different person to the to the one that people knew me as. So yeah. I didn't have the symptoms that you had and I'm not comparing myself to your issue at all, but I can understand from a point of view of, Everything goes from everything being great, wonderful, and fantastic, and then it just sort of crumbles into this thing that you wish you could just go back. And I just I just want to tell you this as a mate, that you will find light at the end of the tunnel at some point, and you look back on your dark days and go, we got through it, and it was fucking tough, and it was horrible, but we got through it. And you're doing the right things. You're being proactive. You're getting stuff done. Um, your partner... Uh, you know, I, don't, I won't mention a name. I don't know if you want to mention names or anything like that. I know it's a bit of a, a, a weird conversation as far as with doctors and partners and all that type of stuff. So I won't mention a name, but yeah. she's doing an amazing job. You've got a big supporting group around you who wants to see you get through this. And now you've got um, a doctor that sort of got you on the right track. You're not getting knocked back all the time. And I hope that through this podcast that you will help other people in your position Others, not just with Lyme disease, but with chronic chronic illnesses, ones that change the course of people's lives. And I want people to check out your GoFundMe and if they have a spare couple of bucks to get behind Terry and help him put this um, put this disease behind him and, and help him get to the, pl- the point where he wants to be, where he can go back to being the person uh, that he has been for his entire life. And, and Terry's a young bloke. And he's got a long life ahead of him. And this is a hurdle in it, but it is a hurdle that he'll get over. And with everyone's support and with your attitude too, Terry, like you're, 
and I feel certainly sorry for people in your position who didn't have access to the internet or at the very least the intelligence to go out and try and question doctors because doctors, they try their hardest, but who knows how long ago they completed a medical degree or are they staying up to date on the, the latest research? They don't have time to do that. They're seeing you know you for five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. They've got to rush you through and see the next person. Like you know, It's a job like any other. I mean, um, fuck. So, so what? So, what is the treatment now for, for you? Um, well, I'm on some. Uh, I'm not taking anything for Lyme at the moment. Um, okay. My doctor, she thought the Bartonella was worse than the Lyme. Um, so, I'm on a uh, a medication she's only used for ten months. Um, so I asked her, you know, how does it work? She said she didn't really know. Um, she's going off other reports from uh, the USA, things like that, some university studies from over there and, and different things. So she, um, she's nearly guessing, but just sort of she's trying to keep up to date um, as much as she can with current sort of treatments and things like that. So it's, um, it's just uh, like a... Um, Helps oxidize the blood, um, so I think um, the Bartonella hates like oxygen-rich environments. That's why I thought I'd try out the um, oxygen tanks. So that's just off my own back. Like there's no research behind that. The doctor said it might help, might not. Um, so I found some studies on doing up to sort of 30 sessions, hour-long sessions in there, <clears throat> um, just up to about 20 odd at the moment, and I, I, I don't think it's. Um, having an effect which is disappointing but um i just have to try you know try new things but yeah she's just got me on the medication at the moment um yeah i've been on it for maybe sort of six weeks a bit longer and um i've had no change gone downhill if anything so Mm. um it's fair to say that's probably not working so on to the next uh thing but yeah my main goal is to get over to uh, mexico there's a uh, there's clinics in Germany, Mexico, and some other places that uh, do a um, certain sort of um, treatments called hypothermia treatment. Um, they sort of uh, knock you out, um, heat your body up to a really high temperature. Uh, I think it's like oh, 41.6 or something like that. So I think it's you know four or five degrees over what your normal sort of body temperature is um, and that's what opens up all your vessels and um, stops the disease from hiding anywhere so I think that's why it's so hard to get rid of it's um, like a really um, just a bad thing uh, just like it, yeah, it just hides really well so it gets into cells and um, tricks your body into thinking that it's safe or good for you and just sort of gets in there so it starts off in your blood um, and that's how you can get you just feel a bit off and things like that and then it just crosses into your organs so your heart and your brain and other things like that and just causes yeah multitude of issues but um yeah the treatment in mexico which is sort of yeah, where i'm striving for they um do like a whole body approach um they do dental um because if you have any sort of small infections and things like that in your body you'll, you'll never heal um so you have to sort of a make sure everything is sort of at 100% and then do um, all this sort of treatment. So they'll use various sort of antibiotics. Um, I think I'll do two hypothermia treatments. I'm trying to get over there um, in the next month or two, but there's just no flights at the moment. So I've got exemption to go. 
uh, about 10 days ago. But, yeah, just no flights at the moment. So, um, yeah, the um, and just on that, I'm, I'm pretty sure they have the same machines here in Australia, but they don't have the authority to turn them up to the temperature that we need. So that's just like another kick in the guts. Like there's machines in Queensland, um, from what I read, that are the exact same, um, but they're just not allowed to turn them up. I think they turn them up to 39 degrees and some cancer patients find um, some benefit in, in that treatment. And then for Lyme specifically, I've just read some other people and um, know a few people now that have been overseas and yeah, you need to get up to that 41 and a half sort of temperature to have any sort of success. So it's just yeah, really frustrating knowing that, you know, that machine is here and it's just not getting used the way it should be just due to government, you know, restrictions. So what, what do you need to get over to Mexico now? Um, well, what we can fly there, but there's no uh, flights back. Right. Um, so therefore, I can't, can't get there because they, yeah, America won't let you in or I've got to go okay. to. Um, but the problem with all that is I can't have the vaccine either just to right. my health. And then flying to LAX, you know, is a huge hazard for me. Um, they're finding a lot of similarities with COVID and Lyme um, with inflammation and things like that. So I'd be extremely susceptible to, like, to, to just getting like extremely ill if I was to get COVID. Um, just my immune system is, you know, feels like it's at 1%. Um, so, yeah, just travelling. So I've got to try and find a way to get over there with the least amount of contact with people as possible. Um, so I think, um, yeah, my specialist doctor was talking about uh, maybe some ivermectin or something like that um, rather than the vaccine. Um, she just said, yeah, you'll have to try and, yeah, get over to get overseas, get the special treatment done so then you can have the vaccine. It's just too sort of, yeah, risky at the moment with my health. But then again, it's like so risky to be travelling and like to catch COVID. I don't know what it would do potentially kill me I'd, I'd say because it seems to be knocking off people with um, underlying issues which is obviously what I've got fuck I mean the fact that they have it here and they're not doing it is just insane like yeah when, when I found that out that was pretty heartbreaking it was you know like the thought of an hour flight up to Queensland and potential fix or you know at least some sort of help um, and then just I even rang them around, said, you know, can I get like an exemption? What can you do? And it, you know, I must have thought I was, hmm. yeah, um, just is, yeah, ahead, is, ahead, ahead of the pack because obviously every, everyone else has probably tried that. Yeah, it's just a no go. Is there the potential to, I mean, I, this is, well, this is two questions. Is there potential to take them to court, um, request this for a, you know, experimental treatment, or is there the potential to, as COVID, restrictions open up and the and there's more flights around you know as we get to this 80 percent new south wales uh and australia there might be more flights around i mean obviously there's still the risk for you catching the disease is there more potential for flights therefore it would be easier for you or is that still going to be the main risk being the actual disease itself um yeah well, that's the thing like um I just kind of need some flights to open up so we can get over there fine. There seems to be a flight nearly every day going to LAX. But um, the ones home are 
Um, I think they're only letting on, you know, three, four people at a time. So there's a bit of a backlog on people coming back in to the country. Um, so I think we could book something, but it's just months away. Whereas, um, like, I need, you know, I need to go over yesterday sort of thing, you know what I mean? So, um, and with just how sort of sick I am and just new symptoms popping up, like, I'm, I'm scared I won't make it sort of thing. Um, yeah, just, yeah, just don't sleep. Um, it's been like for three months. And then just all the other symptoms on top, it's just extremely difficult um, to do anything. So my partner's turned, you know, turned into my care now. That's, yeah, it's hard to deal with. Yeah. I mean, obviously with the with the meds not helping and did you see any benefit from the diet change, the CBD, any of those? Did you see any benefit from that? Yeah, very minor from the yeah. diet. Um, I was having like extreme nausea, stomach aches, um, just with any sort of sugar or carbohydrate. Um, so I, I, there was one day specific I just remember having like, I was eating pretty clean, just meat, veg, fruit, that was it. Um, and then just certain fruits were leaving me just in agony like stomach was. Um, I remember there was one day I just had a green apple specifically and I just felt so sick, um, just felt like thrown up and just had like stabbing pains in my stomach just from just from an apple. So then um, there's, yeah, there's not too much known about dieting with, with this sort of thing. Like everyone's different as well. Um, sure. Some people don't have any issues. Um, yeah, some can get pretty chronic. Well, yeah, so I've just got a lot of problems around sugar and um, any carbs that turn into sort of sugars, anything like that. So that's why I just chose to do keto. Um, yeah, that was off no one's recommendation. That was just off. Um, I was speaking to my stepdad. He um, cured his diabetes with just sticking to keto. He has he went from two insulin shots a day to having none for he hasn't had it in twelve months. So I thought you know looked into keto and it seems to be the diet for anyone with um, you know majority illnesses seem to benefit from. No, low sugar. Well, I personally, sorry, mate. I've personally eaten a keto diet for several years with my epilepsy issues, and it's been great for me, great for weight loss, all those type of things. Um, Yeah. And this this may seem like a ridiculous thing to say for a lot of people, and probably probably people in the comments might freak out. But like, I know that there's a lady by the name of Michaela Peterson who is a proponent of the carnivore diet. And she's had severe issues with um, arthritis. She had ankle replacements, knee replacements that she has, and she swears by it that she's cured with just eating meat. I don't know if that's something that you would even consider. Maybe, maybe it's some research further on, but that's certainly something that she's. I've got her on the podcast um, on Thursday. I might even ask her. Uh, if that's all right with you, what if she's had any patients or any people? Maybe not patients is the right word, but any people who've sort of are involved in her community with the uh, with Lyme disease or a Lyme-like illness. Maybe that it could be something yeah. there. I, I don't know, but um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it was, yeah, just around the, the diet stuff. Um, yeah, then the reason I did that was because of my stepdad's. He, as you know, like I said, he's pretty basically cured his his diabetes, um, and yeah, he if he has like. You know, a few carbs or sugars here and there. Um, it does sort of just nearly come back. Um, so he just sticks to keto. Has done for probably you know two three years now, and he hasn't had insulin in twelve months. So 
Wow. Yeah, just around the diet, the diet stuff um, is pretty unknown, like I said, with, with this stuff. Some people have issues, some don't. Um, so I just, yeah, just chose dairy-free, keto. Um, just so anything, uh, yeah, so it's a lot of like inflammatory issues. Uh, um, just, yeah, any inflammatory foods um, just make me like 10 times worse. Yeah. Well, Tez, I mean, we want people to check out the GoFundMe. Um, we want to get you as much cash as possible to get you, get you overseas and get you the best treatment. Um, where can people find that? I'll, I'll put the link down below. Yeah, just um, and just on that, um, like I, I, yeah, I've never been one to sort of ask for help or want help, and um, I'm still not. Um, if you know, there's probably people watching this, obviously don't know me. Um, go go and find someone else um, with the same issues. They they need money as well. Um, the Lyme Disease Association of Australia website. It's run by volunteers who have been sick. Um, and they just want to help other people in, you know, in a similar position. So, um, you know, donate whatever you want to give to me, give, give to that website as well and just other people in a similar circumstance. Um, just, yeah, it's, yeah, just, yeah, it's hard to um, just get get awareness around there. So that, that website needs, you know, all the help they can get, like I said, volunteer run and, um, I'll be definitely helping you out once I sort of get on top of this and I'm kind of sort of pushed to, you know, really, really help anyone else that this, you know, tragically happens to. All right, brother. Well, thank you very much for your time. Um, we'll get you back on in a couple of months and, and, and stay um, stay on top of it and, and we wish you all the very best of luck and if there's anything that we can do as a community, please don't, um, don't hesitate to ask. We're thinking of you, mate, and... Um, We'll be we'll be right behind you the whole way. Yeah, thanks, Eve. But thanks for having me on. That means a lot. Um, just everyone watching. Um, yeah, just just yeah. Keep keep the ones close to you tight. Things like that. Um, just yeah. Don't don't stress about the little things. I guess um, with with my life how it is at the moment. Um, I just cherish just being able to see my partner and things each morning. Um, yeah, just yeah. Don't don't stress about anything, and um, yeah, just hug the ones close to you, and you never know what can happen. So at any time, so yeah, just look after yourselves, and yeah, love the ones who are close to you. All right, mate. We love you, mate. We're thinking of you. Okay. Cheers, bud. Thank you. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 